0: Thursday, May fifth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesie, the uh, the streak is over. Long live the streak. The uh, the sweep streak is is no more. Uh, was it six six or seven seven consecutive series that the? No, it was six consecutive series. six
1: consecutive series. Yeah, it would
0: have been seven had the Guardians not split that doubleheader yesterday against uh, San Diego on the Stephen Kwan walk off. Uh, long day at the ballpark, uh, ending uh, sort of that that up and down streaky uh, stretch for this young team, but uh, Kwan's at bat there in the in the tenth uh, turned out to be the difference.
1: Yeah, definitely, Joe. It was an interesting uh, bit of strategy uh, by the Guardians. Um, you know, uh, San Diego was playing the corners in, you know, waiting for the bunt with. Uh, you know, with Owen Miller, the automatic runner on second and Framo Reyes on first after getting hit by a pitch. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Francona said, Quan uh, looked down to a third base coach, Mike Sarbaugh a couple times to make sure he had the right sign and they let him swing away. And he bounced, the, you know, he bounced a ground ball game winning single into right field, right by the second baseman. And, uh, you know, the were able to split the series and uh, you know come away as as Tito said with a semi smile on their face. <laughs> yeah,
0: everybody goes happy, goes home happy at, at least at the end of the night. Uh, was Quan the, the perfect guy to have up at the plate in that situation?
1: Yeah, definitely contact hitter. He's going to work the strike zone. Uh, you know he's you know he's not going to you know he's not going to the chances of him striking out not putting the ball in play are, are minimal. And uh, just, just a you know, good move on Francona's part. He came into the game as a switch, as a pinch hitter in the sixth inning for Mercado, and, uh, you know, it paid off.
0: Yeah, uh, his two previous at-bats, Quan had uh, had some tough luck. He had guys on base in both previous at-bats and uh, hit the ball on a line in both at-bats, but, uh, you know, it was caught both times. Uh, then the next time up, he actually, uh, he said uh, dinelson Lamette had thrown him uh, three consecutive sliders, and he had gotten a real feel for that pitch. Uh, seeing it up there, he kind of knew what they were going to do to him then uh, when he saw the fourth one. Uh, he still hit it on the ground, but he at, least, uh, he, he at least put it in the right spot.
1: Yeah, he hit it to the right side of the infield. Even if it's an out, he's going to advance at least Miller. Maybe, maybe it's a double play, but at least you get you know, the, winning, the winning run to third base yeah uh really
0: well played there at the end and and they wouldn't have gotten to that point uh if there hadn't been the uh the big double play that that Nick Sandlin was able to get them uh to turn there in the 10th uh, they were sort of playing for that um that double play there uh by by walking Hosmer intentionally for the second time in the game uh loading up the, the you know the bases and uh it, you know just everything sort of worked out uh it, it couldn't have worked out any better for the Guardians in that 10th inning
1: yeah, Austin Nola, who, you know, had the two-run double, I think, that that won the first game. He was pinch-hitting in, in the 10th and, uh, you know, just a uh, uh, against um, against Sandlin, like you said. And, you know, he, he uh, you know, 6-4-3 double play. And, you know, it was uh, – they were lucky they had the catcher running because it was very, very close. Great turn at second base and uh, just a cl- – you know, a professional double play at, at a big time when they needed it.
0: Uh, all that comes uh, after Cal Quantrill had uh, sort of struggled early, uh, three runs in the first inning, but then locked it in. And from that point on, you know, over his next, uh, you know, four innings or so, he was, he was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was a different pitcher. He gives up, you know, he gives up all three of his – he gave up three hits. All three hits were in the first inning. He gave up, you know, five walks. Two of the walks were in the first inning, and then he threw, goes out and throws five scoreless innings, scoreless and hitless innings. He said uh, he got his head out of his rear end and started pitching aggressively. Uh, and he kind of he was kind of kicking himself for starting tentatively, you know, in that first inning. I don't know if it was pitching against his old team or you know who maybe he was too amped up. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, re- really quite a turnaround and it was encouraging because, you know, he's, he's had some, you know, he's been pretty solid, Joe, since since, uh, you know, his first start of the season. So that's that's a good sign going forward.
0: Yeah. Getting Cal Quantrill locked in will be a, a, a good thing. Uh, it was a season, <laughs> season high in walks and a season high in strikeouts. And and Sorry. he tied the season high in uh, in pitches, uh, I believe, 98 pitches. So uh, another, uh, you know. Good, uh, good outing for him. Uh, go back to game one of the doubleheader. Uh, obviously, the Guardians uh, lost that game, uh, it, and it was Mike Clevenger was the was the real story. Uh, you had a, a sort of an emotional moment there in the uh, in the uh, outside the clubhouse with Clevenger and, and a couple of the reporters as he sort of reflected on his journey back to the mound.
1: Yeah, I, it was uh, really uh, kind of a definitely an emotional moment. You know, someone asked him. A reporter asked him if he, uh, you know, uh, had ever lost patience while he was, uh, you know, coming back from the second Tommy John surgery, and uh, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, just bowed his head. Tear, tears came to his eyes, <clears throat> and it, you know, he just said, "Yeah," and but he, you know, he was choking up, and you could tell. I think, I think sometimes, Joe, we think these guys are just almost robots, you know, but they're they're really human beings. You know, they have doubts and uh, fears like everyone. And obviously, uh, you know, Clevenger didn't know if he was going to come back. <clears yeah, <clears yeah he was it was uh, able it was, to look, get back on the out again. And, and, he you know, it took him a long time and he made it. It was his,
0: his second Tommy John surgery. And, and yeah, that's, that, that's sort of scary when they tell you for the second time that you've got to go through that. Uh, and, and you could tell he's, he's, he was – when he was here in Cleveland – he was an emotional guy. He was an emotional, fiery pitcher. Uh, and, you know, just one of those free spirits. You could tell Terry Francona enjoyed him, uh, having him around, and he, he talked about him, you know, glowingly in, in the, uh, the postgame. It was almost almost sort of, sort of forgotten the uh, what the position that Clevenger had put the team in during the pandemic season uh, when they had to put him on the restricted list. So, yeah, it, it's, it's funny how, uh, you know, the, the ups and downs and the struggles and, you know, just being a human being uh, sort of brings everybody back to the center and, and you see the, the result uh, with, with Clevenger. I, were you surprised at the, at how well he pitched in, in his first outing back from Tommy yeah, John surgery? I mean, that yeah, was amazing. I thought,
1: I thought he, I thought he, he pitched really well, 95 pitches, four and two third innings. <clears throat> you know, if he gets, uh, if he gets Jose Ramirez out in the fifth inning, uh, you know he leaves. He's in line for the win because they've got a three-one lead. But he didn't want to give in to Jose. You know, probably who's the hottest hitter in 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 on the planet right now, or one of the hottest hitters. And especially when it comes to RBI. So he pitched around him, walked him, and uh, you know then uh, they made the move to the, Bob Melvin. Made the move to the bullpen, and a Naylor comes up and you know drives in. You know ties it up with a two-run single, and that takes uh, you know. Well, you know, uh, Clevenger was out of the equation, anyways. But uh, you know, he if he gets Jose there, you know, he's he's sitting pretty, right? He's he looks even better than he did look. I thought it it was a good performance, and uh, you know, Melvin said, you know, the, that uh, having having him make that third uh, rehab start uh, in the minors, you know, really allowed them to. Uh, you know, stretch him out as much as they did go 95 pitches, but he, he also said he probably, he probably let him go one more, one in one batter too long, meaning, you know, facing Ramirez.
0: Yeah. That, and that's the case. And, and, you know, he, he's not the first pitcher to, to work around Jose Ramirez in his situation. We saw that pretty much throughout the whole road trip prior to uh, uh, coming back to, to face the, uh, the Padres, everything, everybody on the road uh, pitched very carefully to Jose Ramirez once the, uh, the word got out that he's on a hot streak. But uh, Jose seems like he's seeing the ball real well at the plate. Uh, you mentioned Josh Naylor. Uh, Naylor, a big day, three RBIs on the day. And, you know, just coming through in clutch situations. That The pinch hit, uh, RBI single in the second game, a really big situation. Uh, and, and, again, you're, you're talking about another guy who's pitch, hitting against his former team. This is, everybody in this game was playing against a former team <laughs> or a teammate, huh? Uh Cal Quantrill, uh Josh Naylor comes up. Uh, you know, Owen Miller scores the game winning run. Uh yeah, it's uh it's just interesting. Uh Naylor, I think, is, you know, I- I'm still cautious every time I see him running around the bases or, you know, trying to put it in gear, uh, you know, just worried about that that bad leg. But uh he he seems like just from a, a plate discipline wise and, and hitting wise, he's really sort of in midseason form right now, hitting the ball to left field. He did it for a double uh, in the first game. And and Terry Francona said when he's using the opposite field, he, you can tell he's really on the baseball.
1: Yeah, he's looked great. Uh, you know, no, uh, no concerns. He says, you know, he doesn't matter if he plays first base or right field. He's not thinking about, uh, you know, the leg or protecting the leg in any way. Uh, and he just looks locked in at the plate, like you were saying, Joe. I mean, that hit in the eighth inning, the pinch hit single in, in the second game, was a huge hit, tied it up. You know, uh, you know, made it, you know, made it a, a tie ball game, and uh, you know, gave them a chance to win it. You know, that that's a, you know, and that was the whole that whole eighth inning was was, you know, it was it was it it was a, it was a good inning. I think it was a, the kind of inning Cleveland needed because you don't see these guys come back much. You know, they, they, that offense, you know, it's really you have to string four or five hits together to stage a rally. It's not like somebody's going to hit a three run home run and, unless it's, uh, you know, uh, Reyes who's struggling or, or Ramirez. Yeah.
0: And that was a point that was was brought up to uh, to all the players that we talked to after the game and and to Terry Francona as well. This was the first uh, game that that Cleveland won against a team with a 500 or better record you know, it's first win over a, a team that's not uh, below 500. And uh, to, to see them come back, we're, we're going to see more benchmarks like this throughout the season with this young team, learning how to win and learning how to get the job done. Uh, it, it, it can only benefit them down the road, but uh, you know, you're right. We haven't seen to, it. It was, it's it's part of that all or nothing mentality where they're either up by enough runs to not have to worry about coming back or, you know they they had they had come back and fallen short just short in the previous game and and in several other you know series. You hear guys like Steven Kwan, guys like uh, uh, Josh Naylor in the post game talking about, you know we, we never feel like we're out of a game. we never feel like we're overwhelmed by a team. We, we, we're always you know as long as there's uh, outs to be made, there's there's still uh, a chance for us in this game. and and that's in- encouraging. Uh, that these guys haven't resigned themselves to just sort of throwing away the season.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know what they're eleven and thirteen. I think they're three and a half out of first place behind the Twins. Uh, you know, so they're uh, you know they're 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 making their presence felt. Uh, you know, I think uh, they're I think tied for Chicago in second place. You know, it's only uh, the second month of the season. You know, we'll see how things go, but uh, you know, it seems like the rotation is pitching better. Um, you know, they're coming into their own and, uh, the bullpen, I thought had a pretty good, you know, double header, Joe, I know, uh, uh, you know, Trevor Steffen gave up some runs, but he wasn't going to go the whole season without, without giving up a run. So, you know, he ran into a little bit of, uh, you know, a road bump in the second game, but, uh, that's okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it, the, the kiss of death was when I put up a post about how he hadn't <laughs> given up a run, uh, in, in 10 outings. Uh, prior to that, I put that up in the morning, and I figured, oh, well, this just means he's he's going to go out and dominate tonight, and uh, uh, was not the case. It's the uh, the automatic kiss of death uh, you knew was going to be the the case. Uh, but Trevor Stephan has been uh, electric. His his split finger fastball has been uh, the 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 sort of the the flavor of the day, the newfangled uh, um, you know pitch to sort of watch out of that Cleveland bullpen. Uh, you had James Karinchak's curveball the year before, uh, Emmanuel Clase's uh, 100 mile an hour bowling ball cutter, and now you've got Trevor Steffen's uh, split finger pitch. Uh, this is an impossible pitch to hit if you're an opposing batter because Steffen's pumping 95 to 98 uh, with his fastball, and then you bring in you know 87 to, to 90 with uh, with the splitter that just falls off uh, right in front of the plate.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, just uh, you know, really a good job. And uh, you know, Stephen, uh, like you said, that splitter has has you know given him you know a, a third weapon against righties and lefties, and uh, you know he's taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, it, it a lot of fun to see that. And then, and, then, and you talked about henches as well. Uh, Sam Henches came in, gave a, a couple of, of bridge innings, and it, it looks like. You know, two of these guys uh, in, in the bullpen, Stefan and uh, Henches, who you sort of had to, you know, take your spoonful of medicine last season with them to get through, knowing that if you stuck with them, there was enough stuff there on, on both of them. Now you got, you know, two pitchers there in the bullpen, two guys that you can sort of build around uh, with a, a, a solid sort of uh, core in the bullpen. Looking at the guys you got on the back end, you got the flash with, with Chak and Class A back there. And, uh, you know, Brian Shaw, you plug and play wherever wherever you need him with a, a veteran presence. But uh, – and and who knows what Anthony Ghost is going to give you in the long run, but the, the bullpen looks like it's in pretty decent shape right now.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that's a great point with Stefan and and Hedges – or Hankus. I mean, lefty-righty, you know, that's a great combination. Two, two young guys that throw hard. And Hankus, I mean – that's he's been a revelation, you know. Right. He's I think he's fit into this bull, into the bullpen role. He might be more suited for that than, you know, they tried to start him last year. He came up as a starter. Uh, you know, he always seemed to kind of run into some problems that way. But, you know, in one and two or one or two inning outings, you know, he's he's dangerous. He throws hard. He's got a good slider, good breaking ball, you know, and he looks a he looks a ton more confident to me, Joe, right. this year.
0: Yeah, I think both both Stefan and Hentges, what you what you bought with them last year uh, through the struggles was the confidence that you're seeing this year. And and that's and it's just uh, allowed them to both take off, uh, you know, impressive uh, going forward. Uh, yesterday was uh, was May the 4th. It was uh, Star Wars Day. Who's your, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Hoytzi, what, oh, it's got to be. uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> If you don't say Chewbacca, I'm gonna I'm calling BS. Uh, no, I, I've got it. I'm, I'm going with R two D two. Okay, all right. R two D two is you know in every Star Wars movie. He's been in every Star Wars. Movie, oh yeah. So, okay. You know, yeah. He's sort of like he's sort of like Hoynes. He's just been around forever. He, he, he's been in every movie since the 1970s. So, uh, makes a lot of sense. But I, I I think I think of you as more of a Chewbacca man. Definitely. Okay. Sure. I, I like it, uh, you know. I
1: like Chewbacca too.
0: Yeah, I I I gotta say, man, uh, you know, grew up on Star Wars, and Star Wars Day was special, uh, just to be at the ballpark uh, every year uh, on those days. They had Star Wars Day in Oakland uh, when I was out there over the weekend. It was the Friday night game, and when they introduced the uh, the starting lineups, they put on the on the screen on the big screens out there in Oakland uh, the 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 Guardians players' names, and they were all stormtroopers. They had. The uh, the stormtrooper logo, or, oh you know, yeah, that's
1: cool. <laughs> and
0: so uh, I was like, apparently they're all storm, except for the starting pitcher. Uh, I forget who it was that day. It might have been, it wasn't Bieber. It was uh, Savali, Aaron Savali. He was Darth Vader. So okay. that was the uh, that was the difference. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then you follow you follow May the Fourth up with uh, uh, you know uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Uh, May the Fifth is. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you know, th- this is this is my favorite my favorite day to get takeout food. You get carryout uh, Mexican food uh, just to you know. Oh yeah, to change it up a little bit. I, I recall during the pandemic, the greatest uh, you know carryout day was uh, Cinco de Mayo. I- it was the day that I ate Mexican carryout and Chinese takeout on the same day, accidentally on purpose <laughs> because uh my neighbor I, I had canceled an order it was taking too long at the the one restaurant down the street and i went and got chinese food and then my neighbor wound up bringing me the order that they had, had gotten for the the mexican place and i had two containers right in front of me uh you know you know tacos and egg rolls and it was the best day of the, of the year <laughs> so
1: that's perfect
0: yeah it was what are you gonna do uh I, i'll tell you who didn't have a really good day yesterday was uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher uh, Madison Bumgarner. Now, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you saw the I video. Heard,
1: I didn't see it, but I heard about it.
0: Well, the, go back, it, go on Twitter and, and find the video. The video is pretty, uh, pretty damning. If you're Dan Bellino, the umpire who, uh, who sort of provoked this whole situation, uh, Bumgarner, you know, doesn't agree with the home plate umpire's strike zone a couple of times but doesn't really do anything to show him up and you know doesn't make any gestures he just sort of uh stares in a couple of times but nothing really bad now this home plate umpire was a triple a guy who had just been called up so he's you know he's pretty green pretty new and i can understand Bellino wanting to protect the guy but as bumgarner comes off the field to get checked for sticky substances on his hand the video is just it's incredible it's Bellino standing there holding Bumgarner's hand in his hands and not even looking at the hand and he's holding it for like 30 seconds and just staring into Bumgarner's face, waiting for him to try and do like he's, he's provoking him. He's, he's saying, you know, I'm just going to stand here until you say or do something. And then when Bumgarner says something, he throws him out of the game. Oh yeah. And it it (laughs) was the first inning. So he's the starting pitcher in the first inning And now if you're uh, Arizona, you've got to burn your bullpen for that game. And you didn't anticipate it. And, you know, the Diamondbacks wind up winning the game, which is incredible in and of itself. But you think Bumgarner has a reason to be upset there?
1: yeah i would think so i mean what what is he is he is he giving him what is he checking his fingernails or what's what's he gonna give him a pedicure I mean, what what's going on
0: i mean you you almost you know want to play like a love song in the background as the two are standing there holding hands and he's staring into his eyes i, I dambolino I, I i believe and and believe me i i back umpires and officials mostly you know 100 percent of the time uh you know, with the experience that I have in that regard, but uh, Bellino was a hundred percent wrong in this situation. Uh, I, the thing is, they, the umpires have a union; they have support and backing. Do you think he gets suspended for something like this? Because th- he was one million percent in the wrong here.
1: I I don't know if he'll get suspended, but I bet he gets fined. You know, those guys, you you never hear of that stuff. You know, with umpires, you know, wh- when when they're disciplined you know, and they do get disciplined. It's, it's usually, you know, kind of on the down low and you, you really don't, you don't, you don't hear about it.
0: Right. Well, you know, I can see disciplining or taking action against an umpire who misses a call or doesn't know a rule or misses something in that regard. That's not doing your job. This is something outside of not knowing a rule. This is something where basically you're a jerk and you just provoked a guy into losing a game. He, he lost a, his ability to continue playing in that game, Uh, you know, if, if Madison Bumgarner winds up, you know, four innings shy of a, uh, a, a, a a contract incentive later in the season, he can point to this and say, this guy cost me money. I it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And I, I think major league baseball needs to send a message to umpires that this kind of behavior isn't acceptable and publicly let us know what they did to, to discipline the guy.
1: Yeah. But Bumgarner has got to know too. He's a veteran. He's been around. He knows it's the first inning. He can't cost, you know, he can't burn out the bullpen like that. He's got to at least kind of keep your cool, but I, you know, I can understand where he's coming from as well.
0: Well, Bumgarner has a reputation for showing up home plate umpires. It, It is a long and glorious reputation for, for showing guys up. And, uh, I kind of get where Bellino is coming from in that regard, but don't do it the way you did it. Don't, don't make it. So, you know, I'm just going to provoke you until you snap and now I can throw you out, you know, say something to him, but don't do it. There's a, there's definitely a way to go about it. And uh, what, what Bellino did was wrong. I'd be curious to, to see what happens uh, moving forward. All right. That's that's going to wrap up.
1: Watch Joe.
0: Definitely. For sure. Uh, That's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. We'll be back with another one uh, tomorrow as we, uh, we get into this uh, Toronto Blue Jays series. Uh, a lot of fun at the ballpark with uh, Vlade Jr. and the boys starting tonight.
1: Yeah, definitely. This is going to be a good good test for the Guardians. The, the Blue Jays are loaded. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Hoinsie.